If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Everybody and welcome back to another Fanbyte podcast. This time we are doing ourselves another spoiler cast for a game that I think is going to be a lot less divisive, though maybe still a little bit divisive than our last one. <laughs> it is a little product called Psychonauts 2, the new creative project from Double Fine Entertainment, Microsoft's own Double Fine, which is still weird to me. Uh, it is the sequel to the uh, cult classic Xbox One and like and the not not Xbox One the first Xbox original Xbox and yeah. PlayStation Two game yeah. uh, Psychonauts a 3D platformer very similar to the first game um, 16 years in the making long awaited and we're here to find out not only does if it holds up to the hype but also to kind of just talk about our feelings about the game in general to help me Stephen Strum managing editor of Fanbyte.com with that task you've already heard a few of them in the background but I am joined by guides writer for Fanbyte.com Colin McGregor. Hello. I am joined by Features Editor for Fanbyte.com, Elise Fabas. Howdy. I am joined by <laughs> Editor-in-Chief of Fanbyte.com, Danielle Riendo. Hi, I'm so excited to talk about the game of the year. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> circling mm. off of that really quick, mm. um, Elise, did I pronounce your name incorrectly? <laughs> No, you got it. Oh, okay, good. Just making sure I got the last name right. I, yeah. And that was also a convenient segue to get away from, uh, I think, a hyperbolic statement that was made there by somebody <laughs> wow. else. So, but we're just going <laughs> to... If anything, it was hypobolic, in fact. Hypobolic, uh-huh. As in you as in you want to say even more nice things about Psychonauts too. Yes. Now, that sounds good. I will uh, start off by saying that we we had a tiny, tiny bit of a chat around this game at the very beginning here. Uh, I think I will probably be one of the more negative folks about the game, although I want to just establish it right off the bat and we can go around the room and kind of get everybody's history with the series in general um, and their kind of uh, initial stance on this game. But I'm a big fan of the first Psychonauts. Never got around to the VR game Rhombus of Ruin, though I mean to at some point. Um, and I like this one a lot, too. I, I think it has some some issues that should be addressed or could have been addressed better. But I, I like it a lot and I uh, really like the first game. Um, is it worth the 16 year wait? Maybe. Uh, but, you know, who else has been waiting 16 years? Uh, Elise, have you had any uh, long history with Psychonauts? Yeah, I was a big fan of the first game back in the day. So I have been impatiently waiting for Psychonauts 2. Um, very much like it. Uh, I do have some some issues with it, but mostly like came away very impressed. Um, but I did not play the VR game either. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm guessing that probably most people coming into this game probably did not. Yeah, not yeah. just on this call, just in general. Yeah. Uh, Danielle, though, have you played the VR game? But or in, have you played the first game? 
Yeah. I'll be brief. My history with the first game is it's one of my favorite games of all time, but I don't like, I don't know. I don't talk about it that much. Uh, but yeah, I, I sort of, um, I played it not uh, not right away. I played it in about 2008 uh, on oh. the PS2. So I played it like not in its, you know, best platform. And I was playing it as I was adjusting to a happy brain medication. So I was like remembering more dreams as I was going through the experience of playing the first Ooh. game. So it's like, extremely special to me. It is a game I think is very, very janky and rough around the edges, but I don't think there's ever been a game that sort of had quite the right mix or the same mix of sort of point and click adventure sensibilities and platforming and like really creative, really wild level design and level design as character design the way the first game did. So this is all to say I was anticipating this game a lot and I tried not to learn too, too, too much about it because I just, nothing makes me want to cry more than being overhyped for something and it doesn't live up to it. So I basically right. stayed away from coverage of this until I edited uh, Elise's review. And then I I felt good about like having some uh, happy expectations. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, yes. I did not play the VR game even though I did a bunch of like interviews around the time with it, uh, with uh, Double Fine folks. And also, sorry, this is such a long thing that I'm saying, but I should disclose that I used to podcast with Spaff, who is on the team there uh, right. when I was at Idle Thumbs. So that's disclosure notice. And also I'm friendly with Heather, who's on the uh, community team there. So disclosure notice is away. I can now talk about the game. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that jank is definitely something that sort of defines not just Psychonauts, but a lot of Double Fine games over the years that has always been, despite kind of like how large I think they loom in a lot of critics' minds a lot of the time, never been a company that has had a ton of money up until now, obviously, now that they're owned by Microsoft. Um, one of the interesting anecdotes about this game is, the first game was uh, published by Majesco, yeah. which is not a company that is around <laughs> anymore and was not even particularly big back then. <laughs> People yeah. literally in the chat and on the call laughing at the reference to Majesco. <laughs> Let me tell you about 2009 Majesco's E3 that I went to, and it was oh. all babysitting games and like bad fire truck games for the DS. So yeah, it was Jesus. it was a very different <laughs> publisher. Um, and then I think one of the issues, and I do want to uh, get back to Colin here in a second as well, but I think one of my chief issues with the, this game is like you can tell that this game was also running on maybe a shoestring budget. The, the story that came out of this game with uh, Tim Schafer, one of the creative directors on the game. Um, he was basically saying that they had a very small scale in mind um, and had to cut a lot of features and a lot of levels and a lot of ideas that they had originally. Then when the company got bought by Microsoft, uh, Microsoft basically came to them and said, hey, do you want to just add all that stuff back in? And that's why this game has been delayed so much and why it took so long. Mm. Uh, but how was that wait for you, Colin? Um, were you waiting into anticipation for this game? Did you play the first one? So... Unsurprisingly, if you've listened to anything Final Fantasy, I have. Just like Final Fantasy, I have almost no experience with the Psychonauts uh, mm. franchise. I, I know of Psychonauts. I played a little bit of it when it came out. I think I played about like uh, through about. I got to the Milkman level. Uh, I don't know where that is, like in the storyline. Did you but, deliver like, the milk? I did. Okay. Um, I got delicious. through. I got to like that area and then i just like i think i just like had to return to the blockbuster or something like i just <laughs> never i like never played it since uh i've been meaning to pick it up on pc but like this is very much my uh like first full experience with the psychonauts game and the psychonauts gang uh, i had to rewatch i had to watch like a 
one of those like story catch up videos, like before I, I dove into the game to like start writing about it. So I had a general idea of like where everything was coming from. Uh, Cause like that, I feel like the recap wasn't like, it was okay, but like there was still like, I had a few uh, questions about like how everything kind of worked in the lore of the story. Right. Uh, but like, this is my general first like uh, experience of the game. So I'm not like, I'm one of like, I think the few people and like, especially in, like, in, like games media, who's not like, like gung ho psychonauts been waiting for years for this game. Like I, I'm, I'm pretty fresh on this franchise. Right. Right. But uh, it sounds like you did enjoy this one. Yeah. I, I, I had a generally good time. I have my issues with uh, some of the, so I think the combat can be exceptionally janky at times and, yeah. and weird. Uh, but I was, I was generally very impressed with, the level of quality and creativity on design for the the mind levels specifically, I think there's some of the most visually dynamic play, uh, levels I can remember at any platformer. Uh, but like then then like there's also like a few issues with like I didn't find the hub worlds that you kind of visit in between that interesting. They felt weird, uh, like weird like little downtime moments between uh, like the best moments of the game were just like, I just wanted to get to the brains. Like I just, I spent as little and as infrequent time as I could like running around the, the, what is it called? The mother lobe and the, the forest. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of agree with that stance as well. That's a, I, here's the thing about Psychonauts 2. And I'm going to say right now that I think from this point forward, as long as we all on this call are okay with it, can agree to it. Here be, here there be spoilers, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to we're going to spoil Psychonauts 2. We're going to we can't really talk about what's going on in this game without, I think, talking about like the story, because I think that is what is at the end of the day. The most important thing here is the story and the characters and where they go with a lot of those ideas, Um, especially. And even beyond that, I think there's like a lot of really good visual tricks and surprises in that way that we're going to spoil, like some mechanical stuff in that way. So if you don't want to hear any of that. Now is your final warning to check out, go play the game. It's on Game Pass. It's not super long. And then come back afterwards. But otherwise, let's throw a door onto everybody's heads and jump on in and talk yeah. about this. Um, yeah, like, can uh, Danielle, as uh, yeah. I think probably Psychonauts number one expert. I think I think uh, <laughs> we all have different levels here. But number one expert. Do you want to give like a basic rundown of the plot of this game? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, you start with uh, what happened last time, which just gives you the basic recap of what the Psychonauts are. The fact that Raz went to a psychic summer camp. Raz is your uh, your character, short for Raz Putin. Ra short yes. for Raz Putin Aquato, who comes from a family of acrobats. Uh, <laughs> who, uh, named Aquato, who can't go into the water. Aquato can't go in the water. It's a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it just goes into that backstory of where you learn to be a psychic and that there was a whole plot and there were stealing of brains. And don't worry too much about that plot. It does go into that. It just kind of tells you all you need to know, which is that you are an aspiring psychonaut who has psychic powers and something is amiss with the Psychonauts organization. Uh, you sort of show up at Psychonauts headquarters, and even though you've been on this super secret cool mission that happened in the Rambas of Ruin, which, oh, I don't know, I didn't play it, but uh, <laughs> apparently they captured Lobato, who is a dentist slash uh, uh, person with just some issues. Uh, he was under some kind of mind <laughs> control, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I think they look. describe him literally as an unlicensed dentist and amateur brain surgeon. Yes, that's him. That's Lobato. He's great. I love him. Yeah. Uh, good guy, that Lobato. Uh, and you are uh, brought into the Thank intern much, program. Yeah. 
to become uh, a psychonaut. And you have to kind of hang out in the main area, in the sort of mother lobe, as it's called, uh, of Psychonauts headquarters. And you get to see where all the Psychonauts are as they try to figure out what the hell's going down. Um, and it turns out that quite a lot is going down. <laughs> quite down quite in- a bit. Yeah, Elise, do you want to talk about that? Oh, man. Well, there's <laughs> there's so much going on. Um, well, there is a mole in the organization. So part of the story is figuring out who the mole is. Uh, you also find out that there is a old... This, this villain that's kind of in the shadows that's coming back. People, There are people that are trying to bring her back to life is kind of the thing that's, that you learn yeah. about, but it's also more complicated than that, too. Oh, yeah. Way more complicated. Um, but those are kind of the two, I guess, main mysteries that you're trying to solve is, like, who is Maligula? Who is that, like, watered villain who killed and killed, like, I think thousands of people or something back in the day? Yeah, she destroyed Rasputin's home yeah. country, basically. Grulovia. Right, yes. Yeah. Um, the Part of the reason that the uh, Danielle alluded to this, but like uh, Rasputin's family of traveling circus performers, they are called the Aquatos partially because, or maybe just like, it used to be less ironic because they had a traveling circus that was very w- water-themed. They had like a high dive and did like death-defying stunts involving like escaping from water and whatnot. And during this like deluge of Grelovia, it's called, where this uh, psychic hydrokinetic villain called Maligula uh, broke a dam and killed a bunch of protesters back in the day his family was cursed to uh always die in water um and so like in the first psychonauts there's kind of it's kind of doesn't come up very often it's like a thing where it explains why rasputin can't swim like basically (laughs) um and they have like a cute little animation like mario when his butt touches lava (laughs) in a 3d mario game yeah uh, except in this case, it's like a big watery tentacle gr- reaching up it. to I love choke it. around. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a that's a whole thing. Um, Maligula has been dead for fifty years or whatever. The original Psychonauts killed her, and kind of the setup of the game overall in terms of like what you're actually mechanically doing is there are the Psychic Six, the original six Psychonauts who faced Maligula fifty years ago, but it broke their minds in various ways. Uh, you meet one of them in the first Psychonauts game, which is not super his involvement in the first game is not really explored very deeply in this game um, which might be very confusing to like you Colin yeah uh, Ford Cruller uh, there's like a whole thing in Psychonauts 1 where Ford, um, one of his powers, his signature like X-Men ability is teleportation. And part of that the way that manifests with his like um, psychological issues is that his bo- he will like teleport his body into different places at the same time and fragment into like multiple personalities of himself. And that Rasputin needs to bring those pieces back together. And you're kind of doing that with Ford and every other member of the Psychic Six throughout the game. Um, so they kind of hint early on that you're going to be globetrotting and kind of making good on the cliffhanger ending of Psychonauts 1 that promises like you're going to join the Psychonauts and hop on the Quinjet and fly around the world. They do that once and then it's immediately kind of all right now let's do Psychonauts 1 again where we're stuck in this like one location with a very small hub world or not small but limited hub world and uh, you're going to focus in on these very specific people and kind of dig into their problems and their history and um, how they were affected by their failure to defeat Maligula in Grulovia. Um, And so the Actual main characters of the game at the end of the day are less the original Psychonauts cast like Sasha Nine and Mia and Lily mm-hmm. and Raz. And it's more these new characters, the Psychic Six. 
I think it threw, um, it, it threw it is, I think it's a very deliberate framing on failure and regret more so right. than yes. the first game was. The first game the way was people very much beat themselves up. Yeah, exactly. The first game was very much like, here's a wild fucking collection. And they all connect in a way. Like, the first few levels in the first game were training you to use various powers. It was Mia's Disco, which taught you to use your levitation. It was basic braining with Coach Oleander, which was Mm -hmm. like a, you know, just very basic platformer mechanics. And here it's like, you do go on that one mission, and it's an extended mission. There's kind of two levels, basically, uh, that it shows up as in Hollis's brain, which is sort of the new director of the Psychonauts. Uh, she's like the the boss, like the boss lady who also teaches the interns. But then after that, it really is this examination of people who have made a mistake or made a few mistakes and how to kind of get past that and how to get past that particular trauma. So I actually, I see the point. I see the point where it was just a wilder variety of characters. There's a fucking lungfish. There was a conspiracy theorist yeah. there. It, like the first one, it was really very, very eclectic. Uh, this, though, I just liked it. I actually liked that the focus narratively was a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, I don't want to say constrained, but I guess it was a little bit more focused, whereas the visual design and level design itself was as wild as ever. Like, if it were, yeah. oh, if it sure. weren't so, if it weren't that the actual visual design and, and level design wasn't as just absolutely beautiful batshit bananas as it is here, I would say, yeah, that's that feels narrow, but... Oh, it worked for me. I I, yeah, it's it's really smart in how it has that overarching theme of regret and also how, you know, Raz has his own regrets, too, and how it delves into that, like, especially with him going into Hollis's brain and, like, messing things up with her mental connections and then realizing, he like, he, like, he really messed up and understanding, like, consent, consent is, you know... As a psychic, you're going into people's brains. You need right. to ask, like, if you can actually do that. Yes. Um, and like every single time afterwards, I loved that that little touch of he asks everyone before entering yeah. their brain if he can. Yeah. Yeah. After the point, like he basically gives Hollis, he like goes into Hollis's brain with her permission. Like she brings all of the interns. Raz is an intern in this game. He brings them all into her brain for like training. Um, and then she doesn't like take them very seriously. And so like leaves them to their own devices. Raz immediately fucks up and basically like gives her a gambling addiction um, <laughs> by like messing with the like like synapses of her brain he um, selfishly wants to go on a mission because he thinks he's a big boy who go on big boy <laughs> missions right so he goes in and he's like what if we associate us going on a mission with something positive and that creates she had a medical history she was a medical resident she was a doctor and she, it creates this idea of chance uh and risk being a great thing so it becomes a mashup of a hospital with her own traumas and her own sort of being gaslit for being who she was and being you know used in a really bad way right with a casino and that level is what absolutely sold me on this and where i knew i was going to be in love and not want it's so good that part is so good uh colin how about you though like do you have a particular level that jumps out to you that you really really enjoyed i think i told so when i was playing uh through psychonauts i remember messaging elise like the minute i finished the the mission it's a compton's cook-off i think that is i think that is probably that or psyching sensorium but i think compton's cook-off are is probably my favorite it's so how it is is you're you're visiting compton and he's very he's one of the the psychic six he's a very shy person 
Uh, he he's kind of very timid. He doesn't really know how to like stand up for himself. So you you go in his brain, and it, it's a game show hosted by puppets and like living fruit and and like food. And your entire like job is to like it's like it's like a big kind of like game show. So it it, it starts. You go in. Uh, you beat up some baddies, and then you're suddenly like thrust into this game show where you have to like run around the mat like this like little like it's a lot smaller than the other ones, but like. It's a multi-stage game show where you're like you're basically playing Overcooked. Yeah. Where you have to like move different uh, pieces using your psychic abilities uh, to different like uh, stations to like like chop up the ham, and it's very funny because like the fruit are all like, "Yeah, cut me up, baby! Yep. Cut me up, Jamie!" <laughs> and it was all it was the, probably the hardest I laughed the entire game was just like the reactions of the crowd. Um, the, the and, pig thing <laughs> chopping up is specifically is really good because all yeah. the utensils are also have personalities and like yeah. the the chopping machine is a giant pig and then you have to bring a pig to get chopped up and then the pig who a chopper who has been like up until this point playing around like prices right style with puns and stuff like that is like yeah it, I'm a real cut up kind of thing has to then chop up another pig and he's like oh, what 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 it's really fucked up dude what <laughs> And and you're on a timer too, so like then there's like a way to be more efficient because like boiling an egg will like take uh, a certain amount, which is like a sauna, which was very fun. And so you have to like kind of like on the fly think, okay, how to how to structure this like four stage meal uh, the most efficient way possible in the time frame. And I thought that was a very clever subversion of kind of like what we've been doing up until then, which is just a lot of basic platforming and combat. And I thought it was a I thought the boss battle was also quite fun. Um, I think the boss battles can be pretty hit or miss in this game. Like some of the latter ones where you're just shooting them with your laser until they fall over is a little yeah. boring. But like this one I thought was very clever where it's less about like beating the enemies up, like just like trying to do like, your combo and run away. It's you're still like helping Compton. You feel a lot more connected uh, to Compton as a character, specifically because they're participating in the boss battle. You're like their sous chef. Right. And I thought that was a very nice, like, difference than a lot of the other boss battles, which, like, the whoever you're helping kind of just sits on the sideline and then, like, maybe interacts. But, like, this felt like a real interaction with the character. And you're, like, really helping them work through their trauma. But that in Psyching Sensorium is... Oh, God, yes. One of the most beautiful levels I think I've ever seen in a platformer. It's just this 70s psychedelic, like, 60s, 70s psychedelic, like, just wild-ass, like, mission. And it's probably... it's. It's definitely like up there and it's very fun. And I really appreciate that. Spoiler, Jack Black is the sidekick. Yep. Yep. That's what I kept thinking so the whole time. Good. I was like, this is Jack Black. This is Jack Black. Holy shit. As I was like playing it. Danielle, fun. fellow brutal legend appreciator, Danielle Rando. Oh, yeah. Um oh, yeah. definitely likes a good uh Jack Black in a double fine game appearance. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I actually did the uh, Compton's cook-off with my game design students this morning as, like, a oh. level design is character oh, design nice. in these games. And this was, like, pure anxiety, reality, cooking show, competition kind of stuff. It's playing with so many tropes, and it's doing it super well. I just want to shout out one more that I didn't I didn't know that I was going to, like, this would be. Like, from the way it starts, I did not know this was going to be one of my absolute favorites. But Bob's Bottles... Oh, uh, yes. Which is a mashup yes. of a beautiful, gorgeous little, like, sail. you're sailing around the world looking at these islands, looking for seeds. And each w- in each one, there is, like, a toxic pool of alcohol. And it's, like, a mashup of, of uh, it, it's done in, like, a really respectful way. And, again, I think Elise had noted this earlier about consent, but 
they actually did consult like with a psychologist about making sure the game was basically respectful, <laughs> which was really cool. Mm-hmm. But there are themes of like alcoholism and also just regret and loss and the loss of this character's mother and his estrangement. There's a really, really beautiful sequence uh, about like it has a wedding cake in it and how he and the Psy King got married and it's so cute and it's so sweet. And also this like absolutely bittersweet sort of uh, take on loss and uh, yeah the, the, the ocean of regret that he has and the bottles everywhere. It's really, really it well done. It, it does yeah. it so, so well. Like Bob is such a great character. I think like it's hard for me to pick if I like Compton's cookout or the like Bob's brain, like yeah. which I like better, but because they're both really good for different reasons yeah. like like the cook-off is is really good i think especially like it's a really clever like great like uh like a really clever concept to convey performance anxiety or this feeling of being judged by people that you really look up to and like you really get a good sense of like compton's like inner struggles with that um and it also like just in terms of anxiety and like how our brains can just like catastrophize things and just make things like completely ridiculous in your brain um it it really really does a good job of of showing that and letting you also feel those things like that's what i think works so well about it is like there's a timer and there's this like rush of anxiety that you feel or at least i felt while i was playing that section being like Okay, well, I want to I want to win all of these different games and I'm like nervous because there's this timer and like everything is just kind of crazy and these these this food is talking to me and saying it wants to be boiled. I don't know. I thought it was it was really well done. Um, What was I going to say? But uh, I think like we were saying earlier, there's this overarching theme of regret through pretty much almost every level. But I think Bob's section really gets into that well um especially especially like we get to see how he views other characters in his own head that you have met already yeah uh like a lot of the levels do that yeah yeah but like i think especially like what was it lily has like a different voice actress yeah talk to her (laughs) because he knows what she looks like but he doesn't know what she sounds like because you know the brother always sent pictures but never like videos so yeah yeah, so it's such a it that's such a great way of conveying like I I like I used to know this person, but I don't know what they are like now, and this is how I imagine that they are like now. Um, so yeah. I thought that was very well done. The stuff with perspective on different other characters throughout the game is like some is like a recurring theme. Like it's in Compton's Cook Off because all the judges of the like Psychic Iron Chef <laughs> game are the different psychonauts, and so it shows that Compton is like believes that all of his friends and co-workers don't think he's good enough like they yeah. he's just con- he's just so so paranoid and anxious that like they actually think he's worthless and you go into everybody else's minds and they all believe the same thing um i think this is something that basically everyone on this call struggles with at various points is like the belief that the people around you working in like similar fields who are ostensibly you know your friends and stuff like that like the, this belief that they are better than you and you're the imposter here and then the realization um from raz's perspective as the player character is that like no they all feel that they're all worried about it they all have the same anxieties and are all retreating in different ways like cassiopeia it basically um creates like a 
sort of barrier around herself literally out of bees and needles um, and pushes <laughs> yeah. people away. Um, obviously, Compton, again, uh, he literally puts himself into isolation. He puts himself into a psychic yes. isolation ward so he can't talk to people. Uh, Bob is basically, because of his alcoholism, is, is kicked out of the Psychonauts by his own nephew uh, for being a danger to himself and others. And... I, I, I would love, maybe this is something addressed in The Rhombus of Ruin. I would have loved some kind of explanation of why Raz is the first person to come into these people's lives and actually try to help them um, with any of this stuff. I get the idea that like, oh, the Psychic Six are all, uh, you know, pushing each other away or, or pushing themselves away from each other in different ways. But there's like 500 Psychonauts back at HQ and not one of them ever did anything for the others. It's just kind of funny to me, especially Truman, who has his own weird thing going on at a certain point. But rather than kind of like, you know, you're all psychic. Psychonauts. And the minute that Raz asks, can I help you? Everyone agrees to it. Like nobody has a problem with Raz entering their minds uh, once he asks ahead of time for permission to do so to come fix them. And so, like, I get the sense that just these are people who never had obviously their friends never did it because their friends were also paranoid and um, feel, felt imposterish to each other. But I got the sense that, like, nobody else in this organization particularly cared enough about them or knew how to help them. And it's interesting to me that Raz is the one that can do that. I don't know that the game explores the specifics because Raz kind of takes a backseat a little bit in this game, I think. Like, you guys can tell me if you agree with that or not, but, like, his characterization, I don't think, goes forward that much compared to the other psychic characters. Yeah, which I honestly I find a little disappointing. I, I Like, I, I, I started, I think the first, you know, five hours or so of the game, I was like, oh, wow, there's going to be, like, significant evolution to Raz's character because he's already confronting mistakes that he's made after right. the whole, you know, mix-up in Hollis's brain. However, what's interesting with Raz is like he is meeting his heroes and he is learning about his heroes with an entirely new perspective, realizing that, you know, they haven't always been that heroic or they have made <laughs> mistakes just like he has. But I don't ever see him coming to that realization or grappling with that or really like, you know, confronting those things. Right. Um, Beyond that initial stage. Yeah. Which which I was really hoping the end would kind of get into, except you have this very, like, almost too on-the-nose speech from Hollis to kind of wrap up the game that's just like, yeah, no one's perfect. Uh, you know, like, just talking about, like, imperfections and like, hey, like, everyone deserves a second chance. And I'm like, well, sure. Like, I understand that's kind of what the, the game is trying to say, but also I was really just hoping to, like, understand Raz better and understand, like... Gosh, he learned so much about his family, like yeah. about his yeah. heroes, about like uh, uh. himself. I mean, there's so much there that's just kind of pushed under the rug. There is a specific thing that one of his absolute heroes and due to the events of the first Psychonauts, one of his good friends at this point, Ford Crawler, one of the original Psychic Six. There is a revelation about something that Ford did that is a... I maybe I'm just too sensitive to this sort of thing, but to me came across as just a massive violation of like people's right to grieve and well, yeah. people's identities and like interfering with strangers lives and telling them how and whether or not they can view the world in different ways. And it is just completely ignored, like not ignored, but Raz just like, eh, <laughs> kind of shrugs it off really quickly. I mean, it, it, it's like, kind of, that was wrong. It, 
And Crawler's like, yeah, it was wrong. And then like, they're that's like, okay. What, yeah. what, what's, yeah. what's very interesting to me with that is like, there's this big, strange gap between Raz and dealing with consent, which is done well, and then Ford just right. like, that is never touched upon with him. And he, he did a lot of things without people's consent. Yeah, so we're talking around it, but Colin, did you maybe want to explain? Sure. Um, so what it is, is, is this with Nona? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, like, like yeah. Nona and the is whole Aquato yeah. family. So basically, uh, with Raz's family, uh, he learns, Ford learns that like his, her, his Raz's grandmother actually like died. And Nona is Maligula, or Maligula is an entity within uh, the old woman known as Nona as like the evil part of like the evil or like the cruelty that everybody has and locked away. But like uh, he basically like, like, I don't want to say brainwashes, but very close to brainwashes uh, this this uh, sister, uh, which was uh, Raz's original grandmother is the sister. So known as the sister of that um, brainwashes her and makes her believe to be like Raz's actual like grandmother and like part of this family. And basically, like, kind of almost traps her mind in this kind of, like, loop of believing that she is an Aquato and that she is not, she's actually, like, Raz's, like, father's mother? Is that what it is? Raz's right. father's yeah. mother? It's, it, and, like, Raz's, uh, Maligula murdered Raz's paternal grandparents. Like, they yes. were, they were protesters against um, Maligula and the czar of the Grulovia, and she killed all the protesters in a giant like flood by breaking a big dam. And then he brainwashed her to believe that she was the father of, uh, I forget. Is it Augustus? Is that Raz's yes. dad's name? Yes. Augustus. And, and brainwashes Augustus as a child to forget that his parents were killed or to forget that his mother was killed and makes him believe that his mother is actually this other woman. Um, and like yeah, erases his. his yeah. 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 It erases his memory of this like incredibly important event of this person who was like deeply important to him and then like basically forces those two to live together and basically like forces her into like a life of penance as the mother of this child. It's wild. That's a <laughs> fucked up thing to do. And, and, and interestingly, so the like other main villain, the mole is uh, technically Nick, quote unquote, from the mailroom, but it's actually Nick John like, Smith. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nick John Smith. Yeah. It's, it's the Grulovian prince because uh, like the, the king was killed by Maligula like after he realized that like Maligula was like gone uh, unhinged and wiped out an entire like peaceful protest. Um, Maligula basically uh, the prince uh, you go into his mind and I believe this is where you are Daniel so I don't want to spoil like too, oh, no, too go much. For it. Go for it. But like for halfway, like, through the, the halfway through yeah, the le level you like there's like a beat where you approach uh, like a section of like that moment where uh, Ford Crawler uh, like attacks Maligula and like it's depicted as like Ford Crawler was the aggressor and, and it's all like hey there's another side to the story and then it's just never talked about again like you never like bring up again that like hey maybe the Psychonauts kind of like overstepped their boundaries with this attack on Maligula and maybe they had like some hand in creating this evil and it's just like never discussed again because like so, the game needs to wrap it up and kind of like quickly speeds to the end of it that thing I think a joke right there he's like well I haven't seen him from this point of view I don't even know who to trust and then he just goes <laughs> he's just like whatever <laughs> I, I actually like how that is handled because it, it's not super obvious but it's it's another thing about perspective right it's because like immediately after that we continue to see 
um, the czar, uh, Nickel, uh, and it's not Nickel. Uh, he's got like a real name. Nick John Smith is his fake name. He's pretending to be a Psychonauts <laughs> male clerk. Um, but the oh, prince, Malik, Malik. There it is. Um, after that, like Raz goes into his mind and sees like it's it's presented. His level is like a <sighs> like a Disney small ride? world, like, like a, a small, small world, world afterworld. Yep. Like yeah, and. In that world, like he like has a very specific version of how he saw events or whatever. And then you get to the end there and like um, because he's like, oh, we lived in the desert and in the frozen wastes and underwater. And Raz is like, wait, you lived underwater and realizes that like by the living underwater was actually like living in a luxury casino that was aquatic themed. And so after he was exiled from this country, he was still rich as shit. And he was just like a spoiled brat who thought that he was the victim here when in fact his family was also shitty and evil. And you have a confrontation Definitely. with him where you talk to him. Um, and it's like basically just how like and he's like, no, Grulovia was amazing. I had a cotton candy machine in my bedroom. And he's like, <laughs> your family were tyrants. Your family like were dictators that that killed protesters um, and stuff like that. And he's like, no, but it was I remember it being great. And it's like, of course you do. You were rich. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a little weird. You never have like a coming to moment with him where he like kind of like really realizes it. He's just like. He still like fully believes he's still in the right, which like I totally I understand with his character, but like with how the rest of the game played out, where you're kind of like healing these minds, uh, Malik's like the only one you kind of like really don't fix because like at the end of it, he's like, yeah, he's just like, I had a cotton candy machine, everything was fine. I don't know why anyone is mad about me. Right. In a way that actually does kind of work for me though. Like, yeah. I, I I feel like I I wouldn't I would not have liked it if everyone was quote-unquote fixable and i think the thing with malik is like he's kind of too far gone with the idea of thinking he's in the right that it's not going to be so simple to change his mind on that um and there are going to be people who you know who you you know can't save or can't change their minds um and i think that he he kind of is that prime example of that situation yeah. There are people in the world who view other people as not human or as less than human because of circumstances where they they grew up privileged and they grew up rich or whatever. And it is not necessarily your responsibility to try and give them the benefit of the doubt. And I like that Psychonauts understands that. Yeah. Yeah. But for the people that you do help, I think I, I just kind of wished to see more of the aftermath of what that actually means to them or how they go about their lives or even just like the the founding psychonauts the 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 psychic six like how they've had so many issues between them and suddenly what they're all hanging out and fine like i really just wanted more of like i don't know just kind of this more nuanced evolution of like i really think it tackles the inside of their brains so well and like yeah. really shows what they have been through the traumas that they have suffered um and the regrets that they still are kind of burying deep inside of them but bringing all of that up can be traumatic in and of itself mm-hmm. um and i just really don't feel like the game grapples with that i feel like the <laughs> ending is kind of just abrupt in that way um like you, you brought this up in your notes, and I know you've mentioned it to me. Like, there's just elements, I think, of the story that, like, I think the middle of the game's story is probably the strongest, where you're going through the different Psycho 6, but the game kind of doesn't know how to end it, and then there's, like, it tacks the interns on at the end, which felt very weird to me. The intern, so, like, Raz is part of, like, when he joins the Psychonauts, he's not really a Psychonaut, he's an intern of the Psychonauts <laughs> trying to, like, learn, but he's not alone. There's, like, a bunch of interns are with and they're kind of like bullying him and they have like 
I don't want to say like a like they just don't like Rasputin, and then by the end they just have like a begrudging respect for him, I guess. And yeah. it feels like a very unnatural. Ev- it yeah. feels like a very unnatural <laughs> evolution because like from Hollis's hot streak on, you basically don't interact with the interns on any level unless you like decide to go chat with them randomly, like in the in the hub world. Like there's was- very little like character development for the interns and Raz and like his relationship with them. And then at the end, they just kind of all show up out of nowhere to help, and it felt was- very disjointed. It's very optional content. Like they really right. are the optional yeah. content in this game, which I I'll I probably put 40 hours in and I'm in the last level now. Like I haven't finished it yet, but I'm in the last level because I kept I did almost everything. <laughs> like I did all the side quests. <laughs> I still have a couple of of things on the um the scavenger hunt, but like I found like every last little thing. I kept going back into other brains to use my new powers. I kept doing all the things which is probably Honestly, the fact that I didn't want it to end, that I wanted to have every second in this world that I possibly could, that I kept going back and kept going back and kept going to the interns and kept looking for any other interaction, that is basically the highest praise I can ever give any game. Because most games, I'm like, okay, I'll play an hour and uh, that's fine. That's all I need. I'm good. Good. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. I'm good. This was like, no, I want every second of everything. Like, I'm going to get rank 102 and get the, you know, clairvoyance superpower. I'm going to get that all the way up just so I can see every last, like, little interaction. Yeah, I actually spent a lot of the time, a lot of time in the hub worlds, yeah. or especially the mother lobe. I guess just, like, yes. as a fan of the first game, of just kind of, like, hearing about it and then finally getting to experience it yourself, I was just like, oh, man, and it's so cool. Like, there's so many, like, secrets and um, little, like, things to find and little nuggets of dialogue that are hilarious. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, even... Even just like passing NPCs and what they say to you, just this very dismissive, like, you're a child, get out of my way. Like, just little tiny things like that were just, (laughs) I just liked it. Um, And um, where was I going with this thought? (laughs) All those extras, you know, all those extras. Yeah, it's just, what's interesting though is like, so, you know, you said that like the interns are are kind of this optional content, but I think that they're presented, at least the way they are presented at the start of the game, it really doesn't seem like they're going to be optional. They, I, yeah. I got the sense, at least like I did a preview for Psychonauts 2 before it came out and I played five hours of the game and I was like, oh wow, okay, the interns like really have a place in this. They're a big part of the casino mission. You know, they show up routinely through that. Uh, and there's this kind of whole narrative thread about, you know, Raz's own insecurities and the interns, frankly, reinforcing those insecurities of saying like, yeah, you don't belong here. Um, And I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be really interesting to see how this evolves. And I just I wish it did. I wish it did more because I think like, uh, you know, I think Steven said like Steven said was Raz is very much takes a backseat in this story. Yeah. Um, Which. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think this ties into some of like the kind of how in a lot of ways this game feels every bit it's 16 years in development or not 16 years in development. (laughs) I think it's been in development for like six or something like that, but 16 years in the making in one form or another. 
I it feels very mechanically like it fell out of the original Xbox or the PlayStation 2, which is great mm. in some ways. Paul, uh, mm. one of our other producers, had a really great statement about this game, which is that like it is so refreshing to play a game that is not upselling you on cosmetics or battle passes yeah. or weird right. shit like that, like collector's editions. It is just like you download the game from Game Pass or you buy it and you play it and you enjoy it. And there's side content there. There are cosmetics to get if you want, but you just get them by unlocking more abilities and stuff. And I think in a lot of ways, the game is also built around that because it, that is how it keeps you playing for a long time. That is how it creates value is some PS2 ass Jack and Daxter ass. Like here's 156 little jigsaw pieces in every level. Here's six little pieces of baggage. Here's four different little safes running around and like, you go into a level and collect them all. And it's like, oops, you only got 99%. Better go replay the entire level again. And some of that stuff is tied into story stuff in a lot of ways, because the, you know, Raz's family, Raz's Nona, his grandmother, you know, who isn't actually his grandmother, Augustus, all of them, they show up early on in the game. You never see them again until the very end of the game, unless you go out into the forest and go do like collect a thon side quests. Sure. There, yeah. There's one of the interns has a side quest that is just like literally Raz calls it a scavenger hunt. Yep. And you have to just go around collecting stuff. And that feels very old for both better and for worse. And I think it's worse when it ties like important characterization behind it, especially since I don't think that the gameplay is the strong suit of the of Psychonauts. We're in a too. fight. We're in a fight. No, right now. now here, here's, We're in a fight. here's here's a note here, Stephen, <laughs> that says the platforming is bad, and I would I would love <laughs> to hear the elaboration wrong. on this because I'm pretty lukewarm on how slippery Raz is with the platforming. Uh, Listen, I don't say bad. I say not great. <laughs> There's a difference. Uh, Danielle, I think you are. I, hey, Danielle, defend yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a beautifully designed game. I think the level design, the gameplay, the mechanical interactions, I think it feels fucking great. Like, yes, it's slippery. It's not Mario. And like, frankly, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought Mario Odyssey was incredibly disappointing. I thought the level design mm. was nowhere near the creative kind of peaks of that series. For yeah. this, I and like, listen, I, I will not, like, I don't think the combat is great. I don't think they needed combat in this game, like, whatsoever. Honestly, like, for me, this game is about exploration. It's about discovery. It's about feeling through and experiencing the story through the gameplay. I'm not, like, I think the cutscenes are cute. I think they're funny. I enjoy the characterization through cutscenes and dialogue choices. But for me, really, 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 what this is about is exploring these minds and exploring these characters through these worlds, like through what the yeah. art assets are telling you, through what it feels like to jump around in a psychedelic universe or to like have time pressure while you're throwing ingredients together while you're still jumping over a griddle while you're still doing X, Y, and Z. Like it's what it is to actually feel the way these characters feel. And obviously this is a video game. It's not actually inside <laughs> your brain. You're not actually like touching and feeling and tasting and smelling things, but it's getting at that sense through the art assets, through the game design, like through the level design, through the audio design, et cetera, et cetera. I think right. it feels amazing, amazing to play this game. Yeah, I, you're right. I really felt Raz's struggle um, kind of really understood him better as a character about the 17th or 18th time that I rolled a bowling ball off of a cliff and took I, two I damage. I never felt. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking fell 
fell off the bowling ball. It's so slow. You ever fell off of it? No. Wow. Oh my not, goodness. Not with the bowling this ball. This is like the assassin vision thing from Hitman, where just well. like you manage to do something that no one else can do. I know. Ne- uh, like it moves super slow. But it, it has like so nice much momentum you just on it. Gently. I push, fell gently a lot. Push. Yeah, at least you fell. I fell a lot in that section. But 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 I think something that. Um, well, I agree with a lot of what Danielle says. I have, pro- yeah. I do have, I do have problems with the boss battles and the combat. But what I do think that Psychonauts Two really nails is the feeling of traversal. Like I sure. loved like all the the times where you can like grind on rails. I think like Compton's Cookout especially has such a great way of just like traversing across this kind of jungle gym TV studio <laughs> kind of thing. Right. Um, that is really, really fun. The mental connections, the anchors, like those are mental connections is a cool mechanic. And levitation feels so good. Yes. Like all of that. So, like I was constantly just rolling around on my, you know, well, you have ball. to. You have to because it, there's no sprint in this game. The sprint but it feels is good. levitation. Feels like great. The, the levitation feels great, but it is one of the big chief problems. I think this game has like a lot of problems with like little details. Um, here and there that would like not be issues in other games. Like for instance, uh, Raz swings from trapezes a lot in this game. And there are a lot of sections where you have a double jump because it's a 3d platformer. Duh. You will go towards a trapeze. And what the game wants you to do is just jump once to get onto the trapeze. But if you are like me and are a serial double jumper (laughs) who just double jumps just to double jump, just on reflex, most games, I feel like most good 3D platformers know enough to be like, oh, you double jumped near enough to that thing that we are going to like suction you to that trapeze because we know you made that jump. You just accidentally also pressed the the double jump trigger right next to it. But this game, like the, the window on that is so fiddly that if you double jump instead of doing a regular jump to get onto these trapezes, you will jump over the trapeze and then die and then have to restart the whole section from there forward. And I think that can also become a real issue. And this is something that hinders combat as well because the combat is really based on here's a bunch of different enemy types each enemy type is weak to a different psychic power yeah but you can only have four equipped at one time which is to say you can only have three equipped at one time because you always 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 want levitation equipped uh i never took it off once uh, because there's no sprint it's the only sprint in the game god i hate this game's combat so much and that's like i love a lot about this game but like this game's combat felt so clunky and so uh you could feel its age, like oh, yeah. the the idea that you have to like. So how how a lot of the enemies work in the game for those that don't know is they're all very specifically weak to very specific things. So like a panic attack, which is like a very fast moving enemy, you have to like specific. You could fight them normally, but the best way is to slow down time. Or there's like judgments where you have to rip their hammer out of their hands with telekinesis, and you all need these very specific things. But as Stephen, as they pointed out, you can only have. Four abilities, three abilities, really, if you're running levitation, which is like your only sprint button and your only real like long range dodge because Rasputin's dodges can be pretty finicky at times uh, with if they actually work. Um, it's You have to just stop combat dead in its tracks to quickly like remap a button because you can't just like hold over it and then just select it. You have to hold over it. You have to select the button. You have to go back in and you have to press the button. It's not like a game where like Devil May Cry where like you could switch abilities on the fly. Right. And I mean, like, I don't really equate Psychonauts' combat to like a Devil May Cry, but like if there's so many abilities that the game is trying to make you juggle in, in combat scenarios where you're constantly switching, there should have been like a faster select button to yeah. do that than Absolutely. stopping yeah. everything cold. Because that got me killed a few times because I had to like 
stop it. And then I have to remember, oh, like they're they're attacking me from here, and I have to like mid dodge like as I'm attacking. And even like Rasputin's like basic attacks, there's like no real like way to animation cancel them. And like Rasputin no. takes a long ass time to do some of these attacks, and some of these enemies do a lot of damage. So you'll you'll like wind up for a slam. You're like, oh, I'm about to get hit and die. Cool. I guess we'll just try this over again. Yeah. Th- thankfully, there are like some accessibility options um, yes. where like Raz can deal a whole lot more damage, or you can just do like invincibility mode. So yeah. did, I, I did honestly anybody... put those on every once in a while because I got really frustrated with the combat uh, for for all the reasons that you just pointed out. But like thematically, I think like the enemy types are really cool and I'm glad that there's like so much more variety than the first Mm -hmm. game, which would basically just like sensors all the time. Like I liked the enablers being cheerleaders and they're also just so (laughs) annoying. That's very fun. (laughs) Like there, there are so many like fun little details like that. Like this really is a world that's like best experience because of its like thematic qualities rather than its mechanic qualities. Right. No, I definitely agree. It's it's not a game you're going to like, unless you're like Danielle uh, or, or, or a psychopath. You're not going to like mechanically enjoy rolling off the edge for like the 50th time because you accidentally tapped your like left trigger once and you're like rolled off the edge. Um, I'm curious, like, because there's a bad system, too, which are like passive upgrades. Did anybody touch those at all? Like I experimented a little, but they all seem kind of meaningless at the end of the day to me. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple that were super useful. Like there is one that. Uh, you know the oh god, I even forget what they're called, but the blob purple guys that move really slow, but they kind of doubts. Yeah, oh, you can just yeah. turn off one of the badges. Just makes you not slow down with them, which is super yeah. super useful. Uh, and there's one that's like, oh, whenever you're making mental connections, you get a little bit of health back. Like there's a lot yeah. of like cute little buffs that were actually super useful. Um, the problem I have, like I had, I you can equip up to three at one time of the pins. I only ever had two equipped through the entire game, though, because all of the useful ones cost so much currency (laughs) and you get like no currency. You don't really every so often, like once in a blue moon, an enemy will drop like one dollar. All the other stuff you get by going around. It's another one of those little details where I think like the game really suffers in like missing these little details like the, the trapeze jumps of there is titanium in the overworld. The titanium is the currency. And to get it, you can't just walk over and pick it up like a Mario coin. You have to go up to it, press Y, wait for an animation where Raz reaches into the ground like Mario pulling up a turnip. The titanium flies in the air and then you have to pick up each individual piece of titanium. Or sometimes you'll go up to one of those things, press the button to pull it out of the ground and then it immediately falls off a cliff that you're standing. Oh my God, that happened to me all the time. That happened to me so much. I was like, no, I needed you so bad. It's like, like little, there is a lack of polish in some of those like little small things that just like in Ratchet and Clank or something like that, bolt will just like magnetize to you from halfway across a map you know like this game like there's not i don't think the game gains anything by forcing you to stop slow down and maybe miss currency altogether because you have to do this weird little animation every single time so what i did was just just never engaged with that system or almost never engaged it was weird to me the the way the citanium which is the the currency in the game uh was handled because uh, it's it's almost primarily in the overworld, and if you want to find it in someone's brain, which is obviously like the meat and potatoes of, of Psychonauts 2, is you have to just like destroy everything. Which yeah, you, you felt- hit the boxes. 
Which yeah, also felt awesome. very antithetical to like what you're supposed to be doing in someone's brain, which is not trashing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a so, good like, point. I never, yeah. I never like brought myself to like destroying everything, but like it felt, it felt like a very disjointed thing. And I think that was like, so I know it's a platformer, but my, my like one issue I had is like Psychonauts is really pushing the limits of. Uh, how many things you can collect in a one game in one mission it's, without like t- without you. your sanity? Because I walked, so it, I, you, much. you go into one of the missions. It's like collect two hundred figments, four half brains, uh, like fifteen fucking luggage tags, and then there's gonna be some titanium running around, and there's like these running, uh, there's these running uh, like safes. So like, good luck. Uh, oh, and you can't all get them on your first run. You're gonna have to come back and do these again. Uh, oh, if you don't remember. don't worry, don't worry, Colin. There's a map. <laughs> did any of you look is at the? Did you, oh, the any of you even find so the map? The, ma- the map is oh so God. useless. I, when it's like you have a map, I'm it like, is, oh, it is. It like, is the worst map ever. The game wants Not you to make a mental map. Sorry. Danielle trying to navigate her way out of this. Uh, she's making. <laughs> she's doing mental gymnastics to all day, uh, every day. Wow. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I don't think I don't think it's perfect by any means. Like I think there's tons of jank. I think there's tons of like little things. I just I, for me, a thousand t- the actual experience of playing the what it does well, it does better than any other game I've ever played. So, for me that's a so thousand creative. times yeah. more important the, to me than like, oh, this was perfect or this was super tight or this was I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm I'm cool. I'm cool with like a few things being a little annoying and a little fucked up for it to feel like, oh, this made me feel things I haven't felt in many years while playing. Yeah, this made me actually stop and just look around the world and fucking vibe for like five minutes straight being like, this is fucking awesome and I love it. Uh, I have so many screenshots of all yeah. the different worlds. Like yeah. they are all just like an absolute like creative marvel. Yes. <clears throat> and, and that we yeah, I, I like I just really want to express that because like. I, I feel like I've said a lot of different negative things about Psychonauts too, but really my takeaway is generally positive. Like I yeah. really, 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 really enjoyed my time with it. It's just like, also as a critic, I'm like, okay, I, I know this isn't perfect at the same time. Yeah. And I know that there are things that could have been done better, especially like narrative for me and and, and also to do with mechanical stuff like the combat. Um, but man, it is such a joy to play. Like oh. I really want to get that point across. It is so and- much fun. And no other game looks like this. Like yeah. the way I described it on Twitter earlier when I think I saw somebody tweeting about it, I think it was Scott Benson um, was like, I love this game's commitment to the belief that anyone and anything can be any color in any shape. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. everybody's yeah. heads are different shapes, sizes and colors. Every like <laughs> object that you see, no, there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. And as a result, like it creates its own sort of like discordant uh, actual rhythm, you know, like it, like it works somehow. The fact that, like, I don't know, here's this blue guy whose head is a rectangle, and here's this lady who <laughs> looks more or less like human, and Raz looks more or less human. But even then, also, Raz is one of the most human-looking characters in this game, and he's the only one anybody ever comments about looking weird. People talk about how he has a big head <laughs> all the time. Uh, yet he's the most like humanoid out of these fucking weird troglodytes. It's wild how like that never like like I don't I don't play that much psychonauts obviously like i I mentioned the the top of the the podcast but like that's something like i never honestly thought about going through was like oh wow all these people look weird i think it's just like that just straight hard commitment to this game's art direction and the art team's work at like just creating this like 
weird but like charming world that you're just like yeah that's fine i mean everybody's got a rectangle <laughs> head yeah uh that one one person's eyes are really kind of like not lined up and like <laughs> oh that's a little weird that's a little kooky i wonder what their head looks like that's like yeah. that was like the extent of my judgment of the way they look all these <laughs> jolly rancher head looking motherfuckers um, like from <laughs> dr lobato on they're so good um but like also to speak of some unique different things um i think we're gonna wrap it up about here but one thing danielle you wanted to try out was go around the table real quick and see what everybody's psychonauts head level might look like yeah i i just thought this would be a fun little extra that we could do uh you know so do you want me to go first or do you want me to, to... yes because i need right. to think about mine still all right, no problem. Um, the one I sort of <laughs> envisioned for myself, of course, is like a giant grappling gym. So you're running around the grappling gym. Everything has mats. There's people grappling all around you. And the platforms that you're jumping on will be different belt colors. And the higher up will be a higher belt. Like black belt will be on the top. White belt will be on the bottom. And they'll be like, white jumps are e well, white belt jumps are easy. And then black belt jumps are like crazy ridiculous. You have to do all kinds of wild stuff. So it's like a skill thing, like different paths through the level will have those. And there will also be like wild people grappling really wildly, like just rolling all over the floor, going all crazy. And you have to avoid that because that's a big obstacle. Uh, and there will also be doggies barking outside the window because I can't <laughs> imagine anything in my life without cute doggies barking everywhere. And then there will be a scripted sequence, you know, not unlike something that happens in the game, but there will be a giant ambulance that will crash into a window. There's going to be a medical emergency and you'll have to do a big like uh, leg splint on like a broken leg using telekinesis. All right. You That's really fine. thought that you, one yeah, through, you really, <laughs> This is a very, like, coherent level design. <laughs> you, had a, you, had a, you had an ending. You had a start. You had different, like, sequences. You have I pitched have this like to that. Tim Schafer, haven't yeah. you? Hey, Tim. Oh, I'm Tim. sorry. Make that for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just noticed I just noticed our notes doc is 60 pages long, and it just says Danielle's design doc here at the bottom. It's just tacked on. Uh, Lise, do you have any uh, um, thing to follow that up? Man. I don't think any of us well, do. Well, <laughs> not to that level of detail. Uh, good job, Danielle. <laughs> but I don't know. My brain would be kind of a little bit of a mess up there. Probably just a, a weird, a weird mix of like I love horror movies, so they're probably some of like my favorite fictional Ooh. villains. Like probably you probably go around helping some of like I don't know. Freddy Krueger would be having like sleep problems or something, so you go oh. help him out with That's that. That's very good. That's Ooh. very fun. <laughs> Oh, like you go around helping different movie monsters instead yeah, of like, like, being chased by them? They basically, so for me, what I what I struggle with is like a lack of confidence or I have, I have a lot of anxiety. <laughs> so I feel like all of these kind of different horror monster villains, serial killers would suddenly be like, I'm not good at my job. Please help me out. Um, so yeah, each one would. That's you know. that's very good. That's really good, Elise. So <laughs> okay, good. that's that's very. I yeah. really enjoy that. You'd have to teach like Michael Myers how to stab people again. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to teach him how to like you know he like needs to take up like a new profession where he uses his existing skills. He has to like pumpkin use his carver. knife on yeah pumpkin carving, <laughs> cake making. Like he's making yes. wedding cakes. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly so good. good. Yeah, uh, Colin, how about you? Uh, so when I was thinking about this, I was thinking I didn't want to kind of like because I I do also have anxiety, but I wanted to also I wanted to pick something that was representative also of fanbite, and I'm considered a workaholic uh, amongst the team because I do too much. So I hear Drake. Uh, <laughs> how I how I figured mine was going to be is just buy my I, new shirts. Is, is since mine was dominated by screens, since my life is 
dominated by sitting around like a lot of monitors. I figured with Roz goes in my mind, it goes from 3D to 2D and Roz has to go through the different monitors. And it's like he's being chased by a cursor on the mouse. He's going through like different tabs and different like files and folders. And then it kind of like goes through like different eras of my life. So like I was a musician. So he goes through kind of like uh, my, my audacity, my audio kind of like thing that he goes to like where I was working on films uh, when I was uh, in college. So he has to go through like a, a film editor kind of program and like put the pieces together kind of like. I don't know if anyone played that Blair Witch game, but like kind of like that where like it messes with time where like you're messing with yeah. like the footage where it like kind of like manipulates the kind of like world. And then it uh, it kind of like goes to the end, which is like me writing and then like dealing with like like kind of like a waterfall of words and stuff like that. Fucking That's very cool. Awesome. I like that. That's cool as hell. I love it. Um, for me, I think uh, one of the my favorite levels in this game is um, Cassiopeia's level because it is uh, like Colin alluded to uh, there a second ago. It is uh, basically a world where you are going through the different stages of Cassie's life where like at one point she was a counterfeiter. At one point she was a librarian. At one point she was like a self-help author. And <laughs> all of those people represent different phases of her life but become their own characters inside of her head um and i like the idea of something like that for me i have a terrible 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 memory for like what happened in my own life because i spent so much of it um working and writing and drawing and doing other various different things over the years um that like my personal life is just like a big blank slate to me in a lot of spots where it's like i have to be reminded what i was doing in college because i was working three jobs and also going to school and also dealing with my family and stuff so i, I love the idea of like a big blank open canvas that I can like draw on and write on. I almost picture something like a text based element to it of some kind, like like uh, that gets more filled in on the big blank page and the big blank void as you decide to move words and images around to fill the space. And then those like explode outwards into like new areas that you can jump on and platform through. That's so rad. Very good. That's, very That's good. so rad. I want to play all these levels. They're so fucking cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Like, uh, it's a good game full fan, of good levels. You can play by, levels. Fanbyte Psychonauts DLC win. Yeah, there yep. you go. <laughs> uh, if you want to go see a bunch of very unique levels like that. Oh, uh, Jordo, the producer of this podcast, says, mine is just the end of Evangelia and beat for beat. So <laughs> take for that what you will. It's I actually, love the it's idea. Just, it's just sitting in a theater with Jordan watching <laughs> the end of the show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, like Jordan specifically, I'm sure talking about the like movie theater scene, <laughs> just like <laughs> it's just Jordan sitting in a movie theater watching people watch his own life. Uh, um, well, if you want to have more uh, horrible, destructive um, mental escapades, you can go through Psychonauts 2 yourself. It's available on Game Pass PlayStation. It is a PlayStation game. It is. I know this is a Microsoft published product, but... It is on PlayStation this time. It's also, is it on PC? I forget. It's on Windows 10, if you... I think it is, yeah. yeah. It is, yeah, okay. PlayStation, it's all on, it's on all those, except for the the old Switch there, which uh, I could see this running on a Switch. Maybe not, maybe it wouldn't look quite as nice, but yeah, maybe, maybe one day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I think we're done being psychonauty by nature here on this one. <laughs> And we can wrap it on up with a quick uh, shouts out to everybody's uh, social media accounts. We got Danielle Riendo. Where can people find you? At Danielle R.I., where I won't shut up about this game, probably. Perfect. Great. If people want to hear more about Psychonauts 2, just follow Danielle on Twitter. Uh, Elise, what can people follow you for and where? 
Uh, yeah, uh, you can you can follow me for probably just way too many phasmophobia clips of me and my <laughs> friends dying on Twitter. Uh, that's at Elise Favis, E-L-I-S-E-F-A-V-I-S. Fantastic. And Colin, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Beguiled Gamer on Twitter, and you can also find Phasmophobia videos, only they're from the perspective of Elise's friends killing me, because this I'm always true. sacrificial <laughs> offering. Well, that's, uh, you know, it just makes that Psychonauts level make all the more sense now. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I, uh, Elise said, oh, it's, I love horror movies. And in reality, it was just like, no, actually, Elise is a serial killer. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. I, hey, I, hey. <laughs> I'm wow. I'm just saying that like hey they, hey we're talking about fiction here this could be anything this could like this is just you know this <laughs> could be <laughs> literal cereal you could just just be killing yeah, bowls go. of yeah, cereal I am actually just killing boxes of cereal yes fantastic exactly. this could be the NPCs oh, <laughs> I, love could... <laughs> <laughs> I love that I love that it needs to be this all needs to happen in a giant cereal bowl yes oh god that's really good yes. um. Jordo says, "Gotta kill my, gotta kill my puffs with the uh, <laughs> <laughs> with the emphasis on kill." Uh, you can also follow Jordan, our wonderful producer, on this podcast and so many others on the Fanbyte Media Podcast Network, which you can find on fanbyte.com/slash/podcasts at Jordan underscore Mallory on Twitter, and you can follow me on Twitter at at Steven Strom, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M. You can follow Fanbyte Media on Twitter at at Fanbyte Media, and you can have a great day, a great week, whatever you need, whenever you need it to feel good. You can always return back to another Fanbyte Media podcast. But for now, we're putting this review in the rear view. (laughs) We'll always be looking forward. (laughs) 